have some fun. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Human Humanities United Martial Arts Network. Back with Marcus Koval and one of my favorite people, Boss Rutten. Sir, thank you so much for coming in. How are you feeling? F feeling great. Nice little drive next to the Pacific Coast Highway. Yeah. They, they, they let me drive there, you know, to avoid traffic. It's really beautiful. I called my mom and dad. I go, wow. Really nice. He says, yeah, make it make us uh, regret that we didn't come this year. So, yeah, it's awesome. You look good, too, I got to say. You I look, feel good. You look healthy. You said that you've been, you've been keeping up with, with training, with working out. Dieting. Yeah, diet. You know, not really dieting. I just start cutting down on my food. I got this. I'm one of the 3% of the population. They did a test who burns like a maniac. So, yeah, I eat six large pizzas a day. I, I can't gain weight. It's really weird. It's great because I also don't lose weight. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I'm always the same way. I'm the same weight now as when I started fighting. You see, so that's over. That's over 30 years span. That's awesome. So that's uh, it's a good thing. So. Does does it weigh you down if you eat pizzas and that kind of food? Like do you feel it? Yeah, not energy? as much sugars and uh, like when, I, for instance, at night, you know, when I, I decide to eat something, like I smoke a, a one CBD and one THC version to go to sleep. It's called Canatonic. It's really good to go to sleep. It slows your mind down. Yeah. The side effect, of course, is that sometimes you get the munchies. Right. And then in the middle of the night, if I get out to eat, I better make something healthy before or oatmeal, whatever I do, because if I don't, like eat chocolate or sugars, yeah. there I really feel in the morning. Then I say, wow, now I'm a little, yeah, groggy. And if I don't, I literally, I always wake up before my alarm bell. I, I mean, huh. if I put it at seven, I probably at up 5.30, 5.45, yeah. Nice. You said you, you, you smoke a little bit of THC and a little bit of, of CBD. You're from the country where 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 thc and marijuana was legalized first holland uh was it as as opening the culture over there as it is here in california today you know it, it's so weird i think more people smoke here than they do in holland <coughs> so Maybe. yeah i don't know how that's uh, possible also i found out as a the strains there are, these strains here are way more powerful than in holland in holland mm. you can only have like 65 percent thc anything else becomes a class a drug you know, because I was going like, wait a minute, maybe I should hook up with a partner from Holland who got these crazy seeds because now they have seeds that are completely white. I mean, but that's classified as on the same list as, as heroin and cocaine. That's how strong that stuff Whoa. is. And I go, man, if I could get a strain like that in America, yeah. and we call it uh, the El Wapo knockout or whatever, you know, <laughs> something fun with it, that would be kind of cool. Shot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, but that's the greatest thing about it. You know, but I started smoking because my heart surgeon, I had rheumatic fever as a kid. So after 40 years of age, you have to do every year a stress test just to make sure I got a leaking health, heart valve. And I go, do I need to worry your doctor? He goes, you're the only person ever who finishes the heart stress test. He says, <laughs> nobody says, you're good, oh. you're fine. And he says, do you taking sleeping pills? And I said, yeah, I took a Seroquel because I, that shuts your mind off. That's my problem. I just keep thinking. Mm. And Seroquel, they give it to people who are crazy. But if you take it in small doses, well, it's a little tell there. <coughs> you fall asleep. But, you know, he said, I, do you smoke weed? I said, no, I, I you know, never really felt like it. He says, are you willing to do that? I said, for what? To go to sleep. I said, if you use a vaporizer, I'd rather have you do that than to take the sleep medication. And so literally I did this on, uh, on advice of my doctor, my heart surgeon. And then I start doing it, you know, and I have the really light ones also for when I travel, it's like a 0.3% mm. THC, you know, uh, like a vape pen. So it's legal in all 50 states, but still it calms you down. And then is uh, that where you do the vape? You don't, do the, you don't smoke flour? To bud? I do. I do. I have an, uh, they call it a Vapex Hill, which is an, 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 an how do you say it? A vapor bong so to say ah. yeah it's really it's a really cool little device and nice. that's yeah i like that the best depends i get a super dry mouth yeah from so but so in you the put, you I put don't. the bud in there and then that heats it up to a vapor instead of smoke that's it and it goes through a bottle or water as well so you get literally oh. you get like a bong and then it's uh, cool and it's yeah oh. it works perfect nice yeah what? not the direction <laughs> that we were going today <laughs> but I, it's cool it's interesting it's really interesting yeah, it's the truth uh, and and what i what i, I like I, you said your mind doesn't really shut off I, I i have the same problem to to a certain extent and you've always had that and i wanted to to ask you you're, you're a former ufc heavyweight champion of the world you're such a all-around talented fighter but you were always an entrepreneur as well as long as i've known you but when did you realize you had that gene in you like what like uh inventing things or inventing doing things and or? coming up with things because I, i'm starting to realize a lot of my friends people that i know that are successful entrepreneurs a lot of them have that same almost i don't know i don't want to say it's adhd i don't know if you have it classified but it's like that 
insane energy that yep. never stops. It's a blessing and a curse, right? It, it, yeah, it is. So, you know, and, uh, if you take it, uh, once you stop fighting, it can be a curse. During fighting, if you use it for fighting, it's really mm-hmm. good because mm-hmm. I have these weird things. Like if I think something, I have to do it. You know, and that's mm-hmm. very hard. To, so for, when I'm training and I go 10 rounds and I promise I go 10 rounds a day, I will do whatever it takes that I do the 10 rounds. But if somehow I get really tired and suddenly I think I should do three extra rounds, then I go, why did you think that? No, <laughs> no now I have to do it wow. because I said it, you see, and that always pushed me and always think about the other guy training harder than me. And, you know, I always had that drive to go just harder than yeah. everybody. That was yeah. the trick. And especially that Japan set that up, right, with the 30 minute fights. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, yeah. and I, uh, I, I always talk about this. I, th- there was no way in on the day of the, f- uh, the day before, which I thought it was weird. And they, so I go, oh, the Japanese are known to be uh, very honest. So it will be good. He will be my, uh, he will be my same weight. So then I met the guy the next day, the fight day, and he's 245 pounds, <laughs> and I'm 203 at the time. <laughs> And I go, is, is he too heavy? And he goes, no, 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 it's uh, no weight classes. I go, oh, yeah, good, good. So <laughs> smiling on the outside, of course, not on the inside. Yeah. And then when I asked him how many rounds, he said one. So I was all happy. I said, how many minutes? He goes, 30 minutes. I go, as in half an hour? He goes, yeah. I go, I remember looking at my manager. I go, dude, what am I doing here? So you didn't yeah. know that until the fight day? Yeah. That you were doing one 30-minute round? One 30-minute <laughs> round. But you know what? I think that completely changed my entire fighting style. Also, the people in the, the, the audience in Japan, I was such an aggressive fighter uh, in Thai boxing. If you see pictures from me in Thai boxing, my facial expressions is, God, it's like I'm just mm. trying to kill you. You know, that's why I was all first-round knockouts. Mm. You know, so, but I realized, wait a minute, if, if I, the Japanese are known to be tough, what if I load on this guy for a minute and a half and I got 20 and a half more minutes right. to go, you see? And somehow I put the R's on my hand to stay relaxed, which is actually the uh, the Dutch word rustig, which coincidentally starts with an R as well, which means relax. Yeah. And my corner, every time I would get hit my corner, the only thing you hear my corner say, because I never had a trainer, so there was always a manager. You know, they would only say, if I get hit, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm, because uh-huh. no, I'm a hothead, I want to pay him back. But now I go, I got time, I got time. And that was the weirdest thing. So when I came back for my first fight in Japan, and uh, and for the second fight, all these magazines, they, they have the best magazines in Japan. You've got like seven magazines, uh, three or four pages in every magazine about your fight. So cool. Yeah. And then I, I was like, wow, everything when I hit, my facial was calm, blocking. There was no expression anymore. And I think it was because, first of all, the 30-minute fight. But second of all, I think because the audience. Nobody knows it better. They understand that you're the professional fighter, so nobody tells you what to do. Unlike in every other country around yeah, the world, yeah. right? Do this, do that, do that. They never fought, yeah, you know? Yeah. And they, they all think they know it better. And they're quiet. There, and right? in Japan, completely. You can sit in the 50th row, and you literally talk to me like this. You say, hey, boss, give him an armbar. I can literally hear you. That's, <laughs> it's completely, you, you can hear a pin drop. It's craziest thing experience ever. So cool. But you know when somebody gets hit, then it's like, whoa. And it's quiet again. I went to an Aerosmith concert because we were sharing the same hotel and we met these guys in the elevator. I go, hey, when are you, if you're a show? He says, tonight. I said, can we come? I said, I'll get you tickets to go to the Pride show. He says, well, we can't go to the Pride show. We got to leave right after. He said, but you can come to our show. I go, cool. So I went there and imagine. The actual band? Yeah, Aerosmith. (laughs) So the whole, we're in this big stadium. The first five or six rows are standing people. And the rest, the entire sitting in folding chairs. The sitting, loving the elevator, going in up there again. I mean, this is the wildest thing ever. I go, is this happening? Nobody's dancing and screaming. They're all completely quiet because they believe, since they don't want to be impolite, you know, and, and start screaming over the music. They want to enjoy everything. So it's a crazy country, man. I love it. It make me really the fighter why I'm right now. Yeah. How, how did you train for a 30-minute round? Did you go, did you do longer or, or just a long like nonstop? I always I always prepare myself for short hard workouts. So my workouts will be like an hour. Mm-hmm. That's it, two times a day, an hour. Right. People train six hours a day. I never understood that. Yeah, you know my technique was there. So I'm just to go. No, if I have to drill something, I will do that. But normally, I, I if I train my body twice a day to throw out a lot of energy in like a, in, in 45 minutes like full on, well, then you get used to it slowly but surely, and now you can throw out a lot of power in half an hour. Still to this day what I do. My weight training is 30 minutes, but it's insane. Not a lot of people can come up with me because it's only supersets. There's zero rest. Bam, 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 next. Dum, 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 30 minutes a month. You know, and and my workout, probably 40. That's 10 rounds of three minutes. That's punching, kicking. 
that and that's it. Yeah. I do power training, power training, conditioning, power training, power training, conditioning. Mm -hmm. It's called re re trying to uh -huh. reconnect the muscles here yeah. because it's still atrophied from the neck surgeries and the nerve stopped sending signals. But this was the whole arm. So it starts coming down very slowly, but then people go, yeah, this is nine years ago, guys. <laughs> so uh -huh. I started with three pounds and I can do now like 20, yeah. you know, over nine years. So, and I think it's a lot of supporting muscles actually picking it up. So from when you were the, the UFC heavyweight champion to today as far as obviously it'd be more mainstream and much more money to be made uh, for the fighters but what would you say have changed as far as training regimen more hybrid fighters but as far as because you have your own gym elite mma up in calabasas and as far as the training in itself what do you see fighters do better today versus when you were training and perhaps worse today than they were back then well, um, well, everything's better, I believe, you know, and I think more fighters start doing what I was doing early on. I understand real, understood really fast that grappling is power training. I started growing from grappling. That's when I stopped putting on weight. Didn't weights, but from the grappling. And then once I realized, I go, okay, this is the trick. Because once you start grappling, you know, and, and, uh, and take down the fence and take down the fence, you're working your core muscles and your core muscles start pumping up with lactic acid like any other muscle in the body does when you train with resistance. Mm. And, of course, the core doesn't only go to the front. They go to the back as well. Your chest gets tight. Well, guess what? You need your chest you use to inhale. And a lot of people, they go like, ah, oh, that's BS. Your lungs do that. No, your lungs don't do anything. If you blow out completely out, you close your nose and try to expand your chest, you can't. You're not able to do it, you know, because it's literally. So people think your chest expands because you fill it with air, but it's the opposite way. It, it expands because your, your chest expands and that opens up your lungs. There's a vacuum between the body and the lungs. I always try to explain it and I found a way I think it's like imagine a balloon. I have a big balloon and that, those are your lungs, right? For the sake of the argument, I put glue on my hands and I put the, grab the balloon and I pull it open. Mm. That's literally what your chest is doing. Only there's no glue, there's a vacuum between the body, but your chest expansion will pull in that air. So once I realized, wait a minute, I got to start training my core more. Because do, do, do 50 sit-ups and go on the back. See how that feels. Hmm. You're gonna, your conditioning is down. And that's why you saw these guys in the beginning, and especially the steroid guys, because your muscles pump like crazy. They're strong, and boom, they drop. Most of the time when you saw that in the fight, those guys were using steroids. <clears throat> so you need to have it calm and release. So I used to do a lot of sit-ups, and everybody said, what are you doing before the fight? But sit-ups, hmm. stretching, sit-ups, stretching. Get hmm. the lactic acid out of your core, and once it's out, you're so much easier to breathe, and that's why it gave me the stamina. So I always did power training and stamina exercises. I do two power training exercises and a stamina exercise, and I take 12 exercises in total. So four are uh, conditioning, and the rest is all. So you go uh, biceps, triceps, and then uh, kicking your back. And everything I do, 50 seconds, but everything as hard as I can. Oh. And what I do still till this day as well is 30 rounds of one minute on the back. And people go like, you do 31 minute rounds, that's easy. I say, oh, well, you do it like me, it's yeah. not gonna be easy yeah. because I do everything to kill. Yeah. You know, every single punch as hard as I can. But if you start 10 weeks out, then I'll, I'll go one minute rounds. And once I can complete all the 10 rounds, full power, I go to one minute, five seconds, and I'll take 55 seconds rest. So five second increase, five second decrease from resting time. And then every week I go five seconds more. And suddenly you're at one and a half minute throwing out a crazy amount of energy for, and you do this 30 minutes with only 30 seconds rest. Now people go, what, what's that gonna do? <clears throat> Look at any boxing fight or any, any other fight where somebody unloads on the opponent for 20 seconds and they can't put him away, now they're out of gas. Mm -hmm. Well, I can do this for one and a half minute, full blast, and I can do this 15 times in a, count, in a row. You see, so that's I always, I always go for the worst experience. I always thought that if you, if you lose a fight because you weren't in shape enough, you're the dumbest person on the planet. It's like being a painter and commit a half a can of paint. It makes no sense. It's your freaking job. It would upset me so much when people would run out of gas. Yeah. I go, dude, it's very easy. Go hill sprints. Very easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. 45 seconds off, 30 seconds off, do that. I have another crazy running exercise on the yes. drill I used to do. Dude, it will kill you. I've you know, with you. up by your house. Oh, it's the hardest thing yeah. there is. Yeah, yeah. And this is, so, <coughs> you know, you hear people saying, uh, we're doing this. We're doing that. I, I, we. I was training with you. This is 2004, 2005, and you were doing these things. You were still active. Oh yeah. And that's you. you you're right. Like you, you're saying, you've been doing this for for a long time. Um, it's interesting what you say about the breathing, and 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 you have your. Um, 
O2 trainer. Yeah, the O2 trainer here that is yours, that you developed, and I'm going to let you talk about it in a second, but I just have to ask, is it a Dutch thing when it comes to breathing? Because I'm sure you're familiar with Eisman Hoff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who yeah. I think is an absolutely amazing, extraordinary human being, um, and who I'd love to have on the show one day, by the way. <laughs> yes. and, and also from Holland, also focuses on the breathing. He's done things that scientists said it's not possible. Yep. And, and, and you've been doing this for a long time. Where did you get your research from? Where did you get this information? Uh, I was an asthma patient. I was a severe asthma patient. So I play with a dog. For instance, any f hair animal, fur animal, if I play 30 minutes with it, I will be the next eight days in bed asthma attack. And an asthma attack, not able to eat, not able to drink sometimes, <laughs> like this 24-7 a day. But what I always would real also realize is after an attack, I would resume my track and field. I would always break my running times. And that go, and I go, what's going on? And then I went to pay a visit at the doctor's office because every month I had to go there. And then somebody from the office, they teach you how to breathe. All the asthma patients, because a lot of people raise their shoulders, right? You have to breathe with your core mm. to get the most air into your lungs. And uh, I saw a, 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 a drawing of a pair of lungs in the frame on the wall. And that's when I, I saw they show what asthma was. And the asthma is not in the lungs, what you think. No, it's only the airways go to the lungs, the bronchial tubes. Those are infected. And there was a, an infected one, and it showed next to it a healthy one. And that was it. I was 14. That's when I came up with that idea. I go, oh, I've been working out my lungs. At the time, At the time, I still thought my lungs were doing the work, not, the, not your right. chest. I've been working my lungs out for eight days straight, 24-7. You know, breathing in with resistance to an area. Right. So now when the infection gone, it's much easier to breathe. Why don't I come up with something? And I start, you know, if you, that on my keys, I have a washer. The washer is still on there because like a, a, with bolts and nuts and a washer, you know, the little yeah. circle with a hole in it. We start putting it in front of my teeth and trying to breathe through it. Super dangerous, of course, because if you open too much, you shoot <laughs> you along, you're dead, you know, all that. But I start experimenting with it. And then a long time later, actually, Vendelay Silva, first of all, on every party that I go to, you talk about inventions. There's always a person who says, oh, I got a great idea for snorkel? an invention. And, and the snorkel device with, uh, with Vanderlei Silva yeah, did that on the that. Ultimate Fighter. I remember that, yeah. And then my phone went nuts. And they say, hey, the routinizer, because it was original name, the routinizer, oh, yeah, yeah. you should yeah. make that thing because, I mean, look at the show. And I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to rebreathe carbon dioxide and that triggers red blood cell count. But you know, you can't do that in half an hour. You're going to have to do that eight hours a day in order to really get the desired effect. But I go, okay. When I got four text messages, two phone calls, I go, maybe I should make it. And that's when I started making it. Three weeks with the prototype, my asthma completely gone. Imagine this. I go travel every single where on the planet with an inhaler. Because if I sneeze violently, I need to open them up. Huh. A lot of asthma patients have that. If you take a sprint for 20 seconds, you stop. Two minutes later, lungs close. You have to open them up. Before every fight in the dressing room, my lungs would close open them up and then you can go. Now the freedom of, I haven't had an inhaler for nine years, zero, you know, it just, and then I sent one to my buddy in Holland who has asthma, eight days later he calls me, I wanna sell him in Europe. He's selling me in Europe right now because his asthma is gone. So medically I can't claim it because we didn't have the tests done because they're very expensive, like 80, $100,000. But if you read all the reviews, it's either 90% using or completely healed. You know, and I believe that people, I do it every day, and I show time lapses of me doing it on a private Facebook page every day. You only have to do 30 repetitions. Me, it takes now literally 30 seconds. Uh, uh, th sorry, three minutes to do. But you start with under four minutes. Actually, you know, I did this last time for fun, so then you have a little bit of an idea how, uh, how strong it's gotten now. So 16 months ago, I started doing it every day, posting the videos. It took me three minutes and 45 seconds to complete my 30 repetitions, the exercise, three minutes and 45 seconds, just for fun. Like six weeks ago, I say, let me grab the same resistance cap and see what I do it now with. One minute, five. Wow. 3.45 to one minute, five. What resistance a, cap do you use? <clears throat> I use the, 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 the craziest one, the smallest yeah. one millimeter, which at 30 repetitions, I do in two minutes and 20 seconds now. So I add like nine reps in order to make it still a three-minute workout. That's what I'm doing. But if you see, look at the, the top muscle Damn, here. Look at this. No, but the God. top, this, this muscle yeah. sticks all the way to the front now. This is the breathing muscle. This is where you pull your air in with. <clears throat> Do you know Belize the Brennan? Yeah. yeah, but that's, that's oh, so cool that you said, this, guys, this is not a setup. <laughs> we, we, yeah, yeah, no, we, we talked about this like a couple months back. Oh, she really? was freaking out because I went to her office on the Fifth Avenue in New York. In New York. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. she was, was measuring my chest, right? Ago. And I know what she's doing, the chest expansion. The yes. more you can expand, the more air you can pull in. And she literally goes like this. Breathe in. 
And she goes, ah, nah, that guy's not possible. And she does it again, and she goes, wait. And she runs out, comes out with another doctor. I go, what's going on? She says, if I don't show him this, he's never going to believe me. He says, normally they break the record here with expansion, yes. like a quarter inch. You just went over two inch more than everybody. He says, so you're, she gave me an A plus in breathing. She put it in the book that she has, Breathing for Warriors. She yeah, goes, I've never seen anything like it. you know. So, But that's the O2 trainer because it focuses on the muscle, the outside muscles that you normally never use. You can only use it with that. So that's why the core is getting really thick, but my chest can expand crazy amount now. So now when all everything is getting tight, all the muscles, you know, with me, it doesn't do anything. It just keeps breathing. I, I killed myself last week. <coughs> you can read this on my Facebook page because I was warning people for it. I didn't do stamina for a while, but I'm really good with the auto trainer. So I wasn't breathing heavy at all. I, I flew just through 10 rounds. I go, wow, after 30 seconds, completely heart rate back. I go, this is crazy. <clears throat> but my muscles were not up to date with my lungs. Mm. So when I started eating, suddenly I crashed. I had two days, I couldn't do anything. I said, guys, I'm, I'm completely crushed. I said, but let me just be a warning for you. If you don't do stamina on the side, you can pull straight through it, but your muscles are just not uh, right. uh, used to that amount of work that you're doing. So. Huh do more conditioning otherwise you have that problem as well it's it's funny <coughs> that you, you you mentioned that and and, and the, the the breathing with with uh, uh and, and the breathing for warriors right she came and she did a seminar with our fighters as well and uh, same test you know um the book breathe that she wrote she actually dedicated to my son liam and and uh, she she had me start doing that's when i actually really got into breathing meditation yeah um because she said it's not just for fighting it's for for grief for anxiety for depression everything, everything else mm -hmm. and um i and the same reason why why uh eisman hoff started doing it, right he lost his yeah. wife and he started doing the, the breathing um is is it something that you have taken for except from you're such an athlete <coughs> you use this for athleticism uh, is it something that you do on the side? You do meditation? Is it something that? Yeah, know? every day. <clears throat> I'm every morning. I'm, I'm 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 a big believer too. So I do a lot of prayers, a lot of meditation. You know, it's all getting <clears throat> like a rosary, but it's meditation, right? It's yeah, repetitive, yeah. repetitive, repetitive. And and I do stretching every day. I do like so when I do a rosary, for instance, I do also stretch. Like if people see me, they go like, dude, this is crazy. I can sit in this place and my belly will be flat on the floor, mm. you know. And in the first set, Still. it's not. It's it's this high. But my second two minutes, I'm here. My last two minutes, I'm here with my feet on the ground. So I can literally put my fist, I can sit on my fist. So I'm still very limber, but because it helps me a lot with my knees, I have really bad yeah. knees, you know, no cartilage on the kneecap. So that takes the power of the tendon away. So my kneecap doesn't scrape as much on the other bones because it's bleeding bone marrow, they say. So that's how painful it is, you know, and that takes like 70% of the pain away. But yeah, meditation, I do a lot of visualization also. So a lot of fighters struggle with the transition from, from being a fighter to, to not being a fighter anymore. Mm. You, you've been... You know, you, you're such a businessman. You have so many ideas, entrepreneurship, and, and you have your gym, and you have, you know, these type of inventions. Uh, the boss system um, was it difficult for you? Because you were known as a fighter. You were a fighter for so many years. Was, yeah. it, was it a hard transition for you? No, it, <clears throat> you miss it a lot. Uh, that's hard because for a lot of fighters like me, I started drinking. Right, you you have, don't have that. You look for a replacement drug almost because it is a drug. When you're fighting, you're knocking people out of fifteen thousand people in front of it. It's it's a freaking good feeling, yeah. you know. And then suddenly, when that's taken away from you, you know, you that's when you start experimenting. There's a pain pill here and there. Thanks, thanks to God, we didn't have those in, in Holland. Those crazy the Vicodins and all that crap, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's really fast, you know. You get really fast get into an addiction. I had a problem with that as well, you know, so then, but I, thankfully I noticed it really fast, you know, well, fast, my body is just crazy, like my liver knows how to break things out really fast, so the amount I was taking was was just insane, because, you know, every time I needed more to, for, to get the same effect. But what was and, your drug of choice? Uh, Oxycontin, because I got that from the doctor, since, because I was taking such an incredible amount, I would like Norcos, I would take 12 or 14 oh, at one time. Wow. That's how crazy it was. And then the doctor says, it's really bad because there's Tylenol in there. It's going to burn a hole through your stomach. It's better to do OxyContin. I go, is that not really bad? Everybody's talking about it. He says, no, but there's no Tylenol in there. <coughs> so, I, and, uh, so I started doing that. And then I remember I came back from, uh, I think it was in a UFC show where I had to sign, I think, in Boston or something. And, uh, and there was a five-hour delay, and I ran out of pills. 
And that's when I realized it was a junkie. Well, an addict, you know, junkie steal for the money. I never, thankfully, did that. But, you know, that's when I started in the plane. I was shaking, and I go, holy crap, this is... And that was right away the wake-up call. I go, dude, I'm addicted, you know? You you, you kind of know it, but you always try to wrap it away. You know, not me. I can stop whenever I want. Yeah. But suddenly when I that started, and that was hard, you know? And, and so I got off of it, <clears throat> which was actually pretty easy. But I used the Suboxone to do that. That's like a, the methadone, the, the Richmond's methadone. It's what you get, the, the doctor prescribes you that. And you can take actually less and less from that. But my doctor told me that I had to, it still will help with the pain, so just keep doing it. I did that for three and a half years. I should have Googled it, because you can do this for 10 days, 12 days, and you got to build it up. I didn't. It crushed my whole body. My testosterone level, I was with two doctors, was five. Not 500, not 50. They've never seen it. They were like, how do, how, how do you get out of bed? People under 100, guys under 100 don't come out of the bed anymore. You have five bars. I've never seen anything in my life. Mm. And that was that stuff. And then I started kicking that. Well, that was way harder to kick. I did it in 11 days, which was very hard. And I did it by working out every day, which you don't want. I mean, you feel like, like it, it's so, it's like gravity pulls you to the earth, like you're 600 pounds. You can't describe it. Is the worst feeling ever. Uh, but I just forced myself to keep working out, take a lot of amino acids, a lot of water, mm -hmm. and, and just come. And then the doctor said he'd never seen anybody get off of that in 11 days. And then all the senses, I mean, it was so crazy. I had to wear shades inside, outside. My, because once the drugs get out of your system, you start hearing really good. All the senses come back. Wow. You know? And then I made, I made a list of all the bad things and the good things. And while the bad list was out, uh, outweighing the, the, the good list, you know, double vision, heart rate was, my heart rate, I woke up in the morning like 88 in bed, you know, now it's 50, yeah. you see, so once I stopped cutting it down, my blood pressure was through the roof, I was always sweating, I fell asleep behind the wheel during the day, sitting in the car, you know, always double vision, always double vision, Jeez. two TVs when you're watching TVs, and then suddenly when you stop that, oh, I'm, that's why I'm telling the people at home, you know, if they listen and you're addicted, Dude, a new world opens for you. It's such an unbelievable, you, you really messed up your body. You know, when you say it. 11 days, is it is it on that 11th day you feel back to normal? No, no. And around seven days, I start moving around, you know, like driving again. I would work out, but mm -hmm. then, yeah, I would be crushed. But it would take a lot of saunas too, sweating and sweating and water and water. But 11 days, I would say, okay, now I, I start getting back completely to normal. Still had to wear the shades everywhere mm -hmm. because it's so bright. And, uh, yeah, but then the heart rate and the double vision, everything was gone after 11 days. Wow. And that was... It was cool. It was really cool. I remember my car always super loud music because you, you know, like uplifting music to try constantly because, oh, if you have a little downer, you're getting down. You know, you got to get up. You got to get up the whole time. It's, uh, yeah, it was an experience to tell you that. That's impressive, though. Way to go, boss. Thanks. And uh, we, we lost, we lost <coughs> a friend to, 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 to drugs, right? Hector, yep. who was... Uh, <coughs> Was it 10 or 11 times world champion? Most decorated Mexican. I think 13 boxer. even, yeah. 13. Yeah. And uh, I, I mentioned before, there's no mm -hmm. one that has stories like, like boss. And I remember when you texted me, you said, hey, can you come up and, and spar? We've got a guy who's got a fight coming up. He's going to fight the late uh, Joe Camacho. Mm -hmm. And uh, he made it. And, and we're talking, Hector was a legend in, 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 in kickboxing. He fought Ramon Decker. He, he's so talented. Boss forgot to mention that part that that so i go in and i remember i was so banged up and i would come up again in a spa and it was great i learned so much from yeah. sparring with hector and i remember you telling a story about hector and, and you said oh man you don't know he was just in there one it once he was supposed to be arrested and it was 10 police officers on top of him in order to control him yeah and and then I remembered I'd heard that story and I don't even think you knew at the time Mitch Tavera, former chief of police. Yeah, yeah, I know of, Captain Mitch Tavera. Captain <laughs> yeah, he later on became the chief of As the Going And I remember him telling me the story. It's like there was this kickboxer. It took a whole, you know, we had to call him for backup, and, <laughs> and and he was lucky to be alive because there were so many cops that couldn't actually shoot him, but they were at the, to the point where they 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 didn't see any other way out. And I remember, and then when I, when you told me this, I'm like, wait, that was Hector. Yeah. And I asked Hector, and I said. How, that, that's crazy and he said yeah you know it wasn't funny I was in the hospital with broken arms and he said and then he smiled and he said but there were four police officers in there with me <laughs> <laughs> what, what did he do? 
<coughs> I don't know how he started. It was probably a, a, a drug thing or something. He, uh, you know, that was his thing. Uh, he, he would get very weird on it, uh-huh. you know. So, uh, and, and that's the, the weirdest thing. I've never seen him do, uh, do drugs. But at a pivotal moment, right. you know, when he, when there was a big opportunity for him, I think it was something in his mind that he mm. thought he cannot handle it like this. Then he would truly use it. And, and then I would mm. hear from these people that he got so weird. I go, dude, this was your moment. You know, it's a, a self-destructing mechanism that he had but he was such a good guy but that was just his downfall you know and you, we, we knew that so with us yeah. if we got weird or something happened we just hope you know hey it's okay let's stop yeah. but you know for other people yeah it's weird you know if you're suddenly in a ladies room standing there looking really weird you know then yeah people might think this guy is crazy but he wow. means no harm he just walked into the wrong room right. you know so when it was always he, very quiet when did he pass march four years ago yeah. i think something about that time and <coughs> but when when you look at someone like that and you hear, especially in Holland, there were so many talented t- t- fighters. Do you think that uh, y- you mentioned once, you know, you come, you stop, you stop fighting, you look for for that high somewhere else? Yeah. Do you think that that fighters are prone to drugs to start with? Do you think it's something? Do you think it's nature or do you think it's nature? No, it's a, it's a, it's nature. It's a, well, it depends. You know, I always have to explain it like this. If I get a guy in and I know he's a fast twitch fibers, explosive guy, I will always take him. If you have a lollipop, do you lick it or do you crush it? You crush it, right? He goes, yeah. So the crushers are the fast twitch fibers guys. And those guys want the instant flavor, a lot of flavor. At the same time, they want everything, the experience. They can't do the luck. Those guys are very dangerous. That's me too. You know, it's all these explosive guys, the knockout guys most of the time. Uh, Then the other guys, the diesels, who can just keep on going and they... Thankfully for them, they don't have that. But I think the guys with the fast twitch fibers, they all have that attitude. Huh. Everything now, they, that's what they want. That's the ADD. I think a lot of these fighters mm-hmm. have that too. I had that. Yeah, it all <laughs> comes, you know. It's but you know, you <clears throat> once you once you find out how to work it, yeah. you, it, it works for your toward your advantage. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, and a lot of people don't see that. You know, they think it's a disadvantage. It's actually an advantage if you treat it the right way. That's an interesting theory. Do you think that martial arts helps with discipline, helps with willpower, helps? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's why you learn, and you learn cause and effect. You, you bring a bully into my gym, well, he get his butt handed to a 16-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Now he sees cause and effect. Now he says, oh, wait a minute, I'm not that guy at all. Most of the time, those guys, they, they completely change. The bullies I used to beat up, you know, because I had a list, because I got bullied so much, you know, and once I realized I could fight, Oh, that's what it went. I wrote the whole list and I start going after everybody. And uh, but I, I'm telling you, after the beating, pretty sure they never bullied anybody yeah. anymore. Because if I can do it, there's a lot of other people out there also. And you see with the school shootings, right? Those kids they get bullied so much. That's what I always say. I mean, people have no clue what uh, talking does to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking about it on another show also. Um, you know, there's still words that would trigger me. That I have to go, now he doesn't know about this, just relax, boss. Mm. You know, that I go like, ooh, you got to watch out now. Mm. Because, and it's just a certain way of talking to me that they used to do as a kid. Dude, that was four, I was 14, that's 40 years ago. And that's when I knocked out the first bully. After that, I didn't have it anymore because he was the biggest bully in my school. It was one punch. I mean, it was literally like, it broke his nose, though, in the process. So my police showed up and my mom took me off... Uh, martial arts right away but i was just uh and that was after two months of taekwondo training with the adults i was just very fortunate that i had an adult uh, my neighbor was a really beautiful girl and she had the coolest guy in town and he was training he was a martial artist and he took me on a swing and then but in weeks i started beating the, the adults and then i overheard him talk about me in the dressing room man that kid is talented you know and as a kid if you only hear crap like hey leper hey this you know because watch out your fingers don't fall off because i had a horrible skin disease you know so then suddenly you start hearing people talking good about you and they go wait a minute maybe i do have talent and then of course the big fight came on the street with shaki that was his name and uh, on a bike and they shouted shaki van herrick yeah (laughs) And again, shouted something leper about the leper, I guess. And I sh- shouted something back. And I heard them laugh, and I looked. And sure enough, they turned their bikes, and they started to chase me. But I put my bike on the stand, and I go, I'm going to face it now. And uh, and they surrounded me on their bikes. And uh, I always laugh about it, <coughs> because in these movies, they do it in the middle of the night with cars, and the headlights are the lights for the cars, uh, for the fight, right? Yeah, yeah. This was during the day with kids, little kids on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> they surrounded me with their bikes. And then Shaki started challenging me. Come on, Leper, you want to hit me? And I, I saw so I did. <laughs> and, I, uh, and I knocked him out. And 
that's when I realized they don't have friends, that they just were joining him mm -hmm. because they were afraid of him. You can beat him, join him, right? Because nobody stepped in. Everybody was suddenly afraid. But my bullying, 95% gone. Yeah, some poor bastard who didn't hear about the story <laughs> who tried something. But now it was like, oh, this is easy. You know, so that's when I really started. And, of course, my dad's mom dad pulled me off right away. But, you know, I had the taste. So now I was in the libraries watching read books, uh, pictures. I've always been very good at what I see I can do. You know, uh, imitating Bruce Lee, right? It was Bruce Lee. It was the man. And uh, videos, just watching instructional videos. And, I mean, everybody thought I was a black belt at that time already. But I wasn't. I was just very good holding my foot. If somebody would challenge me now, I go, put my foot in front of his face. <laughs> I say, you really want to do this? No, 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 I don't want to. You know, I'm just bluffing everybody because I still was a little scared. Because, you know, of all the things that happened to me. Uh, but, you know, I could most of the time I bluffed myself away. And I knew that once it goes into a fight, I always get into a different zone. It's really weird. It's like something takes over and I become really calm. It's really weird. Hmm. I see everything. I just feel really good. That's always been my protection. I didn't really have that in Thai boxing. But in Japan, I was really, that completely changed that story you're like a real life superhero boss yeah so, right so, 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 <laughs> no. so walk me through your your martial arts journey so you started with taekwondo at 14 yep and then your parents took you out yep. how long was it until you at 20 21 when i left the house i started doing karate it was shintai karate it was with mm. a few throws but a very basic stuff uh then i wanted to compete right away because i realized oh this is fun i went to thai boxing and i kept doing the 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 karate the Chintai Karate, but I started competing in Thai boxing. That started going really well. Then later in life, I started working with Kyukushin guys, mm -hmm. uh, trained with those guys. Um, I, I never belted for that. I got a fifth degree, which was an honorary belt from John Blooming, but that was a story because something happened in uh, Japan. So he visits us in Japan while I was fighting for Pancras, and we see this big, big screen, like a wall. Like a giant big screen. This is in 95. You know, they didn't have that here in America. But yeah. the, the whole building was a screen. And we hear hybrid wrestling, pancreas. And the first thing we see is me knocking my, my first my first opponent, knocking a guy out. And we go, whoa, that's the, that's the preview for tomorrow. Yeah. So we're all the fighters there. We see that. Oh, this is cool. And I see a guy sitting in half guard. And he has a leg. And he grabs the heel. For the, he heel look and he falls back. I didn't even know that move at the time. <laughs> so I go, I look at John Blooming, he's behind me. I go, that's a cool move. I got to remember that. So the next day I'm fighting and I'm <laughs> in that position. With, with Frank Samrock? No, no, with um, Takahashi. Oh. I grabbed this heel, but since I never did it before, <laughs> I had no clue how much power and pressure I would put on oh. it. So I fall back, we hear his knee pop. Oh. So I let go. And he gets up and he says, no, I'm good. And the referee looks like, well, we heard it pop. What we didn't know was that his shin bone was half broke. And now he kicked me. We start to fight with that leg. And I just lean into it. And then you saw his leg wrapping around. And he broke his shin bone. So John Blooming, he said, I heard you yesterday say that you didn't know that move. It's a cool move. And you win the fight the next day. And he gave me an honorary fifth degree black belt. He says, I've never seen anything like it. So that was kind of cool. That is cool. That's a cool story. What gym in Holland did you train out of, and why are the Dutch? I get it. I un I, I've read the story of the history of Dutch kickboxing, and you know I've been lucky to train with both you and Anthony Hardonk. And but why is it that still till today the Dutch kickboxing is so both brutal and and so well respected worldwide? I you know it's uh, I think it's uh, the people that do MMA here in Holland, Thai boxing. It's like yeah. almost like soccer. There's events every every week. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and not at one place, everywhere, yeah. you know? And whether it's uh, little shows in bars or whatever. I mean, I fought a lot in bars, you know, like the ring in the bar, you know? That's <laughs> what they do. It's almost like yeah. Thailand style, yeah. you know? Just everybody fights, does Thai boxing, and it's that's the thing, you know? If a lot of people do it, then, well, they, you become good yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you got a lot of sparring partners. Yeah. And then we have the biggest people in the world, they say, right? Yeah. The Dutch. I think we just got dethroned by another country. I don't know, remember what, but so the number two, but the largest people in the world. So they're all natural heavyweights, a lot of guys also. Norway. And that was, of course, K1. Yeah, that's very possible. Before years have been Holland, I think. So, yeah, just a lot of people do it. That's with soccer. It's like soccer in Holland. Yeah. Everybody does it. I have. There's so many bar stories, and I've been lucky and fortunate enough to hear them over the years. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's a two couple, a couple that we're not allowed to, to say on. Yeah, but it's there's two that I do want. One, first and foremost, you were a legend in Sweden after spending one or two nights in custody. 
At two, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, I'm, I'm going to let you tell this story. What happened? Well, the spy bar, you, you know about Very that bar. It's a famous nightclub that is notorious for the, the, the bouncers to, to beat people up who didn't do anything. I mean, they put people in jail. I mean, a couple of years ago, there was somebody on a show, like a talk show, like from Oprah, but then in Sweden, and he was crying because they put people in jail, like TV actors, for four years. A female they put in jail for four years, and uh, he he was saying that actually the, his boss would tell him to do that. So for me also, it was a hunt. I, I wasn't wrong. I mean, I was loud and crazy, but I was just the 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 person that I was bothering. They said was just buying a beer for me. What do you think? You know, yeah. so and so well, I'm just jumping around, having fun. And but it happened when I walked in. They one guy said, "You stay calm tonight, boss." And I, that should have been an alarm bell for me. I said, sure, "You know what? Let's not go here because why would he say that?" Right. You know. And then, sure enough, suddenly they came to me and they pushed me to the the fire stairs, which was a big marble stairs going down uh, in the circle. Yep. And uh, these were two you guys. Were you there? No, I've been to that. Club. It's a very famous club, and I've been there many times. And I know bounces that. I'm not, we don't want to ruin the story, but that knew the bounces that were part of this. And uh, yeah, I've been there many times. So uh, they take me to the side. There's a little guy and there's this guy who's crazy, some Yugoslavian guy. And he stands behind him jumping the whole time. And he said, I have to leave. And I say, sure, cool. No problem. I don't want any trouble. Uh, I say, can you tell my buddy? He's also bold. You know, he's from Holland because otherwise he has no clue where I am. If you could tell him that I'm outside and you know he says you don't understand i go whoa whoa whoa, relax i don't want any trouble i'll leave there's no there's no reason for to touch me you know let's just stop he says you don't understand so i push him away so now the guy behind him jumps over and he puts a finger in my i go guys i don't want any trouble you know i'm leaving don't worry about it and again in my other eye so now i knocked him out you know because what's <laughs> going to be next he's going to kick my ball i mean he right. was great taking up and I knock him out, but they all have these microphones, of course. So now suddenly there's another call, and now I'm fighting five of these guys, <laughs> you know, on the fire stairs going down. Gee. <laughs> and uh, it was just a, a wild thing because you're knocking them out, but the other, while you're fighting the other ones, they wake up. Now they're more pissed at you, you know. So it was, it, it's, it's, it's cool now, but it was, really, it was really not fun at the time because, you know, you start getting worried because I start, suddenly I realize, well, eventually I'm going to run out of gas because I was still going strong, right. but I go, eventually, I mean, I got to get out of here. Right. And I remember also falling, I, I fell against the wall and somehow there was a, as a, a, a space in the wall with a little fence in front of it and broomsticks were standing in there. And I remember grabbing me a broom, I grabbed a broomstick and then I thought, no, because they're going to grab one too then, mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. I should not. So I didn't grab it, but I still hear the sound of them grabbing the broomstick that I still remember that sound from them. Wow. They did grab the stick, so I should have gotten one <laughs> because they played dirty, you know? So then I realized, oh, it's a fire escape. There's got to be an exit downstairs. So I start fighting, 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 but I'm going faster down, faster down, and I remember suddenly I started running down, and I, I remember there was one of those copper clips that you have to open up, and it was locked. And I go, and I, until that time, I was still fighting kind of, According to the rules, so I wasn't kicking the ball, stabbing eyes out. You know, I was still because you know, when you're fighting and you start doing those things, although although that one guy was constantly after my eyes, it's really weird. <laughs> but you're thinking if you start doing it to them, they're going to start doing it to you. I didn't want to give them an idea, any idea, you know. So, but now I made up my mind. I turned around, and now they're all there. And I and that was literally when I <clears throat> said to myself, "Now I'm going to go to town. Now I'm going to kick every ball. I'm going to make them blind. I, 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 that was the first moment I would think that, okay, if I don't, they, they might really kill me, you know, because yeah. it's been crazy. And as soon as I thought that, I looked at them, and they all took two steps back. Mm. And I go, wow, they can see that I mean business. Yeah. But there was a big window behind me, and I didn't see that the whole police force was out there. <laughs> so I felt cool for about 10 <laughs> seconds until I looked back, and that was just the police. That's why they stepped back. I was very lucky. And I remember they, said, they threw me in the car, and I said, dude, it's them, it's them, it's not me, you know. And my buddy came running, and he, he, he wanted to start to fight the bouncers because he wanted to with me, go with me to jail. I said, no, don't hit anybody. Stay there. I will contact you. Oh, no one's were out. It was a nightmare. And then the guy came in. Six to nine months I was going to get. That's what they said. I go, for what? Yeah, well, you knocked out a cop. One of them was a cop. I said, he didn't tell me it was a cop, otherwise I wouldn't have hit him. He says, but, you know, you're going to go to jail. Then they drove me to that weird jail in the mountain. Mm -hmm. Dude, yeah. it's free. So now I'm with the rapist, the murderers there. I mean, I remember uh, they let you out like an hour a day. I was three days there, four days, three days there. 
uh, a big circle, so like sliced up in pies, like uh, let's say with fans. So everybody had like a little pie. That was your space where you were in. I was lucky though. It was the first time. My wife hates this when this uh, when I tell the story. <laughs> Um, before I went into the bar, she calls me and I'm laughing because I'm already drinking. And she says, why are you laughing? I said, well, I'm just having a good time. She says, no, no, you're laughing because you have two Swedish blonde girls, don't you? And I go, honey, you know me, but I, I'm not interested in that. I just want to get loaded. So I hang up. So three days later, I'm, no, two days later, when I just arrived in that jail, they wouldn't let me make my first phone call. So my wife didn't hear from me. She was in the middle of moving also. It was really crazy. So finally, one of the guards, they were all fans. And that was really cool because uh -huh. they came in, they gave me a VCR, a TV. I had coffee, cookies. <laughs> I mean, these guys were really taking care of me. And one guy gave me his cell phone. He says, call your wife. So I called my wife and she's freaking out. And they go, oh, honey, honey, I don't have a lot of time. I have some good and some bad news. And she goes, what's the good news? I say, I didn't have sex with two Swedish girls. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, what's the bad news? I said, I'm in jail. <laughs> she goes, you think that's funny? I go, well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I tried to crack a joke there. And then thankfully, you know, I had some guys there, uh, uh, Omar Bouish, oh, and, and he, he went over with some other guys to talk to these people. <laughs> and, uh, and they threw back the charges. Wow, Omar's and, a good guy. Uh, he's a really good wow. guy, yeah. He saved my butt. And uh, so they let me go. And the way they let me go also, imagine this, I have zero money, no nothing. Right. They, pu I'm, they push me out. This is, I have no phone numbers in my head. I have, so now I'm standing in the middle of the street suddenly and I have nothing, I can't call anybody. I, I knew one number of my hotel, you know. I, I told the guy, well, he said, this hotel, do you know this hotel? And then the guy behind the bar said, I will pay you back, I'm sorry. I, I explained the situation, he says, you just call. And thankfully my, my friend was in the hotel. So dude, I'm in this bar, you gotta come over. And that's when I paid the guy. And uh, we were out. And then we went back again one time. No, uh, no, no, not to the spy bar. I, was, <laughs> I said it for a second. Because a lot of people, of course, missed the seminar. I was there to teach a seminar. And they all came for, uh, for nothing. So I told them, I said, uh, the seminar next time is for free. I come over. You can do the seminar for free. And then after the seminar, I say, hey, let's all go to the spy bar tonight. Everybody goes, no, no, no. <laughs> I was just joking, oh, of God. course. They got to make a movie <coughs> about you, boss. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then you play yourself in it. You could play the lead. Yeah, right. A lot of CGI. We need to uh, tighten up the skin. You said there was two. I feel like we got to hear the other one now. Oh, the God. other one is funny because you know half of it. It's your fault. And <laughs> so, uh, boss, the, 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 the stand, uh, which is great, by the way. My brother has one in the garage store that, that you gave me. And um, if you haven't seen it, look it up. The boss system. What does it stand for? It stands for... Body action system. That's it. Body action system. And it's a, it's a great... It's a coach. It's a pad holder for yeah, you. Yeah, very cool. So uh, when when Boss was filming the infomercial for it, he sends me a text message saying, hey, you know, I want you to be in it, like coming out of the pool, showing your six-pack, you know, da-da-da-da. And I'm like, Boss, are you trying to tell me something here? <laughs> like, And then he sends a text message back, which is jokingly, right? Uh, I, I can't say what it said, <laughs> but it was jokingly, homosexual and, and, and jokingly, right? Like uh, people can do what they want. And then we show up there to shoot and Tina had, we had, the, the, I don't know why they had some extra thongs there. Oh, because Kromaga had done this thong for Valentine's Day actually. So I see one and I grab and I put it on because I was going to do the pool thing, right? And I wear a towel. <laughs> so then I come out and I show, I take it off. I'm like, boss, like this? <laughs> and someone snaps a photograph real quick. <laughs> I mean, that, and I'm, and I, I know where it is, but no one's going to find that. <laughs> and I remember the, the football player was the, the, the Rock's cousin, it's, right? Yeah, he's the stunt double from The Rock, Tanoi. Yes, him yeah. and uh, what's his name? The, there's a couple of other fighters there, MMA fight. Um, Darren, Har uh, Darren uh, Levine was there as well. Yes, and the... Uh, <coughs> What's the name? They just passed away. Uh, back Hector Pena? No. no, Hector uh, the, from Strike Force, uh, Backyard Brawling. Kimbo? Kimbo. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. He yeah, was yeah, there yeah. also. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Wow. So they snap a picture. So that's the part that, that you know. <coughs> what you don't know was for my birthday party that year, I think it was Tina that had the picture originally. They blow up a huge poster with that picture in a nightclub <laughs> in Hollywood, right? <laughs> and they give me this big sign with that. I'm like, okay, funny. So I put that in, in, in a storage at, at my house in, in, the, in the backyard. And then they were doing some work. And these, these uh, Mexican workers that were doing some work. And I remember I'm having breakfast and I see these guys and they're looking <laughs> they look at me. And they're looking. And I'm like, what are they looking at? I open the door and it's standing outside <laughs> that picture. 
And I'm like, let me explain. It's a really funny story. He was digging a hole deeper and deeper. <laughs> Stop talking. You know? That was your fault. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, God, it's awesome. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, usually how we finish these podcast bosses, we have uh, some homework for the listeners, for the people at home. <clears throat> anything, whether it's physical, mental, breathing, meditation, anything that you could, any advice that you could give? Oh, um, whatever you don't like to do and it's part of your job, do that a lot. That's what I always tell people. And understand that also when you don't like to do something, it's probably you don't understand it because you don't understand it. If you go back in time when you were a kid, all the subjects in school that you sucked at were things that you really didn't like. All the things that you excelled at are the things that you like. So I always tell the people, if it's part of your job, well, it's either you're going to quit or you're going to learn about it. And once you learn about it, then it become, you understand it. Once you understand it, it might become good for you, fun for you. Once it becomes fun, you're going to start doing it a lot. Once you do it a lot, you become good at it. That's exactly what happened with me with my submissions. Hmm. You know, I didn't want to do it, didn't want to do it, lost the third time by submission. I said, this is it. I got to do this. And I start, and somehow, suddenly, when I realized the possibilities, I mean... I mean, you, you can break any bone or dislocate any joint in the body. That's a big power to have. I still, till this day, I regret me saying to Frank Shamrock, he shot on me and I sprawl and put him on his back and I stand up and he goes, come to the ground. I go, no, fight up, fight like a man, man. That's what I said. Yeah. If I see this now, I cringe. I go like, why did I say that? Because I truly believe that submission is almost way more powerful mm. than striking. I mean, the power you have is great. But because I fell in love with it suddenly, because I understood it. And once I understood it and the mechanics, then I became a whole, I became obsessed with it. And once you become obsessed, you know, I'm my poor wife, I will wake, I, I, at least I woke her up six times in the middle of the night because I would dream of submission. And I would put her in the submission and ask her <laughs> where the pain was. And then, you know, writing it down, next day I try it out in fighting. You know, she's walking through the kitchen, honey, lean over. She was leaning over, you know, I go like, is this hurting you or your throat or are you getting dizzy? And she said, dizzy, I see, it's a blood joke. You know, so <laughs> I had post-its everywhere. I was constantly focused on only submissions. I fell in love with it. Yeah. And then you become good at it because you want to do it a lot and never lost the fight again. You know, awesome. that's why I went out on a 22 fight on beaten streak. Awesome. But it was just because I decided to do that. So whatever is part of your job and you don't like, just do that a lot. That's what I always tell people. Eat your vegetables. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a great, great life yeah. lesson, actually. I have one more question. I just want to ask you, who's your favorite fighter? Right now, Oof. or through the time, or both? It is so hard, you know. I like uh, TJ a lot because mm. of what he brings and the power he brings and how he flies around. To, uh, but, you know, I, there's a, oh, that's such a hard question. There's such a great fighters right there. John Jones, I mean, I'm always not to like about the guy. You know, uh, hopefully he gets his uh, life ordered outside as well. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I'm wishing for because he could be such a great role model. Um, you know, yeah. Everybody, Max Holloway, all these guys, you know, drawing the line and then, you know, start banging it out. I mean, it, it's a, a disfavor, almost discretion, because there's so many good guys right now that you go, man, this is uh, really interesting to watch. So, yeah, it's a hard... It's, I, I think it's for any, any fighter asking a fighter. They always ask me, who wants you to win? You know, but, you know, I never thought about it. I said, well, the best man is going to win tonight. You know, I don't even want to pick a side yeah. because it's so hard because I know what they feel they're inside. You know, and it's just, yeah, tonight is going to go probably to that guy, but next time it could go to the other mm -hmm. guy. You know, it's always one of those questions. So, yeah. So, out of respect, I leave it like that because otherwise I'm going to forget a lot of names. Once I start li mentioning names, there's so many good ones. Yeah. And if I don't want to forget anybody. Yeah. Fair. Fair yes. answer. Yep. Boss Rutten, sir, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Aye. Thank you.